morning. I'm Carolina, and you're listening to Subject ACT, Canberra's local current affairs program on Community Radio 2XXFM 98.3. Today, we're speaking to Nick uh, from Improv ACT, all about what it means to be an improv performer and the upcoming Improvisation Festival. Hi, I'm Nick Byrne, and... uh I began improvising somewhere in the 90s, uh, but I moved to Canberra in 2005 and started the local company Impro ACT um, with another career actor, PJ Williams, who happened to move to the same town around the same time. And how did you initially get into um, into improv? Well, I was uh, doing a lot of uh, live theatre and uh, entertainment of other kinds, and Another actor friend of mine um, began uh, classes in Sydney and suggested I uh, join him, and then we started a little company, and uh, the obsession was born. Um, I feel like a lot of people have a lot of ideas about what improv is and how it works. Would you mind giving me, like I find it personally hard to to describe, how would you describe it to people who uh, have never experienced or who have a um, very limited um, knowledge of it. Yeah, so most people uh, think of it from the uh, most popular forms that they've seen. Either they've seen uh, at the, or participated perhaps in high school or university in a theatre sports show, or they've seen programs like Whose Line Is It Anyway or Thank God You're Here, which are uh, examples of improvisation. The Probably the most prolific style, the short comedic sketch style, um, but it's by, it's by no means the whole story. In improvisation, uh, we do all sorts of theatre, any, anything you could describe as theatre, uh, as long as the words aren't written down. And so we, we do dramas, we do musicals, we do experimental uh, theatre and physical things. Uh, but yes, we also do the, the popular short comedy. And probably the first examples that they may have seen live uh, will be, you know, it's going to be quite amateur and there are different schools of, of thought. So some people come with a uh, perception that that's what it's going to be. But it's not always the case. And why did you... Uh, sorry, I already asked this question. I have these written down, but I can't read my own handwriting. Which is... <laughs> really convenient. What tends to be, when you're teaching a class, what tends to be things that people find easiest and what people tend to find hardest, or is it a really personal kind of thing? It actually is very uh, personal, what what is uh, difficult and what is easy uh, to most people. And in fact, uh, because what we're trying to do is become uh, more open and comfortable we've responded to things that are unexpected, it's actually really healthy that uh, people's minds work so differently. Having said that, uh, there, there are common skill sets that need to be learned. They're healthy, positive skill sets, but sometimes they're not what we end up doing practically in our lives. So uh, the most commonly quoted uh, skill, I guess, um, saying yes. So anything that another actor um, does or says 
on stage. You're going to accept the truth of that offer and work with it. And in life, well, we've developed a bit of a protective no culture. And whenever things happen to us that are unexpected, regardless of whether they might be an exciting opportunity, for a lot of people, the no answer is, is the first one that comes up because it's interrupting their carefully structured plan of their life. Uh, why do people, in, in your experience, take improv classes or get involved with improv? Well, I always ask uh, that question with a group, uh, the first class they do. So actually, uh, I'm pretty clear on that. The, the number one quoted reason, if they say it in a word, is because I was scared of it. Um, and they find out it's not nearly as scary as they thought it was going to be. Um, but if we tease that out a little bit, more people are starting to develop uh, confidence and social skills and, and so on. To m it just makes themselves a little bit more at ease with their daily conversations or perhaps when they have to get up in front of a group at work and make a presentation. These are the most common reasons and people aren't necessarily seeing themselves as performers. Um, as they move through it, um, a, a much higher percentage end up wanting to do uh, a performance. But, of course, we get um, uh, comics, uh, comedians, who are, who are looking to uh, get some skills to make stand-up actually live up to its name and have some improvisational component, and uh, also people pursuing uh, acting to add that string to their bow. But mainly, it's, uh, it's just people breaking out of their very structured lives and becoming more at ease with the unexpected. And on the note of, of performance, I understand that uh, the uh, improv festival that you run is um, operating this come next, next week, so this coming week. Would you mind telling me a little bit about that and how that works? Yeah, so uh, the festival is called Improvention. Uh, it's called that because it also became a convention for all the different improvisation groups around uh, Australia and New Zealand to uh, get together and, and become more useful to each other. But uh, from a public point of view, uh, it's, it's a absolute deluge of improvised performances of all those sorts of styles that I describe, uh, musical styles as well, um, and it involves guests from all over the world uh, coming here and sharing their ideas with participants in workshops uh, and then creating different types of performances at night. So we uh, this year we, we start with a, a sneaky soft opening at uh, Smith's Alternative where on Thursday night, uh, the 16th, where we've got um, several musicians, a, a Slovenian uh, guy, a guy from Japan, and uh, a New Yorker who lives here now, who'll meet for the first time as they're setting up their equipment. And they'll basically just uh, get to know each other as musicians. But the theatrical improvisers, many of them will already have arrived, and they'll get up too. After that, uh, from a public performance perspective, we've got back-to-back -back shows any time from uh, 6 p.m. through to 9.30 p.m. Uh, at the Street Theatre uh, with uh, two rooms working at the same time, all different shows. 
on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, there are also shows on Monday and Tuesday. They'll probably be quite full just from participants, but uh, you know there might be a, a few tickets available for those. And then each night after that, we go back to Smith's for our late night festival club, which is uh, partly a socialising opportunity for the participants that come from all over Australia and the world, but also we'll put on a small uh, show uh, in the late evening there. So we'll be there any night from 10, and the show probably start about 10.45, but it's very casual. I guess my next question would be, you, you said you've been doing uh, improv since the 90s, and you, you started off your own company with a friend of yours. Who are the uh, the the improv artists that have have inspired you? Because you said that there are lots of different styles of of improvisation and lots of different ways to do it. So, who are some of the people that you've seen have gone, "Oh, that's really cool. I want to yeah. do that." Well, there's um, uh, a vast range of styles, and I'm really lucky now to be uh, in that packet of uh, improvisers that get to uh, tour around the world to their festivals and, and perform and teach with them as well. So I, I've met a lot of them and it's hard to single them out. But there's a school of influence uh, from a guy in Seattle called Randy Dixon who uh, who really uh, inspires me. He, it's, a, it's a very organic style that um, allows the performer to um, discover more whilst they're on stage rather than rather than thinking they need to know everything as they're doing it, um, which I found really helpful because it, it just allows you to live in the moment. And when you're, when you're being right in the moment, it's a very relaxed state. It's not a nervous state about wondering what's happened next because that's in the future. We don't have to worry about that. So his school has influenced me. He has a, uh, a group of performers uh, that live all over the world and they're all very, very different uh, performers and often they're uh, guests that I get out. Um, so that's, that's one influence, but I'm really excited with the guests that I've invited this year who are all people that I've, have inspired me as uh, I've been uh, touring around in the last year. I just um, met with Omar Galvin, uh, who is uh, from Argentina, and uh, he, he does some amazing stuff with um, his show Big Band, which is on Friday night, um, doesn't have a band at all. Uh, it looks a lot like a, it looks a lot like a seated choir, but uh, what he gets them to do through a sound painting uh, sign language. Uh, it is to create um, soundscapes, I guess, which might be talking, sound effects, might be singing, uh, to create an atmosphere, and then actors emerge from the group and do things uh, in front of it. It's a, it, it's a really exciting one that um, in the several places that I've uh, seen it, uh, and I, I was in it in Vienna, it's just really warmly received. I'm excited for that. I think Canberran audiences will really love uh, the Jane Austen uh, show. So there's a show on Saturday night called Austen and Such, 
Uh, and that will be, we say and such because it allows us to sort of uh, veer to Downton Abbey or other style. Uh, but um, it's being directed by Charlotte Gittens, who's from the UK and is a member of what's uh, widely regarded as the, the world's um, premier Austin improvising group called uh, Ostentatious. So, so uh, she's another inspiration. Um, and on Sunday, as well as having the, the big example of what people know, the short-form sketch stuff, which is always very popular. It's the Canberra Impro Theatre Challenge, and uh, it's people from all over the place. Um, you know, uh, a judged, uh, in fact, they will judge uh, scenes and games and so on. So it's always a big night. But it's in a double bill with a show called Lightbox. And uh, so I have a guy from France called Frank Buzz uh, coming, and he was originally a lighting designer. So his is a show that is inspired by different lighting states and uh, what sort of environment that creates for the improviser and they perform out of those lighting states. As you can see, it's quite a, uh, a wide range of, of very different shows. Is there any kind of, of improv that you've, you've experienced or you've tried where you haven't liked it or are you pretty... <laughs> You're 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 a fan of just all kinds. Uh, I think part of the improviser mindset uh, makes you embrace uh, all sorts of things, uh, even if it's it's not what you're most attuned to. Um, I I would say that what I uh, I think that the audience like like in a, in a, in a superficial example of soap a soap opera. The audience connects very much with the relationship of performers between each other rather than where they actually go in a scene or what they what they do. It's what's happening between the people. And it's also what's happening between the actors and the audience, what what feeling that is created. And for me that's created very much by the person being as uh authentic and vulnerable as themselves. Which May may well still be very uh, funny. You you know, improvisation is not doesn't have to be comedic, but because everyone's getting surprised at what happens, including the actors, it often is comedic. Uh, has quite a lot of comedy in them. But if people are being honest and authentic on stage, it really makes the audience like them. So, to go back to your question. Uh, there are a lot of styles that um, uh, people come on stage and they'll they'll make this promise. They'll say, "We're going to put on a show for you. It's going to be great. You're going to have a great time." Ha ha ha. Well, if if that's your style of performance, you better be pretty good because when it's improvised, part of the excitement is. Uh, when you see an actor looking like they get into trouble and getting out of it, so it, it's up and down and up and down. Uh, but if you come out and you're you're just honest about who you are, then the audience already likes you. They want to see what you're going to do and, and succeed. So I'm less drawn to those sort of um, uh, you know circus ringmaster styles of improv, I guess. 
what do you think? Because obviously there's a lot of good improv out there, and there's a lot of 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 bad improv. What do you think of a the biggest sin, so to speak, that people uh, try and do to to make a show interesting or to make a show dynamic that doesn't quite work? Mm. I think uh, for for me, and as I said, there there are very different schools of thought. But um, if what we are trying to do is uh, generate something interesting on the spot to actually improvise it, then we we have to trust that we don't know what's coming next. And I think one of the the mistakes people make is, so for me, uh, get to a, a particular point where they're improvising quite well, and then for some reason they'll start to distrust being in the moment again, and they'll start to move forward and imagine... Uh, where a story will go and work towards the story going that way. Um, and Or, or, or they'll uh, bring back characters that they've used previously that people liked and just put them in uh, different stories and so on. Now, if, if you're doing that, you're kind of stepping out of the moment and it's actually less likely to... Uh, produce something really interesting because there are other people trying to improvise and they're having those ideas about the future and so on. So you're, the thing you're working towards is not going to happen. Something else is going to happen. So better just to stay in that magic moment and find out what that thing uh, is, is going to be. And now it's time for a little bit of music, and I couldn't resist. I've been vaguely obsessed with this song recently. It's Eye of the Tiger by Survivor.
And that was Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. You're listening to 2XXFM 98.3. The program is Subject ACT, Canberra's local current affairs program, where we explore issues from a curious and informed perspective. Today, we're speaking with Nick, who is the organizer and of and teacher of Improv ACT, who's telling us all about improvisation and the upcoming festival. Where would you like to see the future of improv? There's an area called applied improvisation, and uh, it means that improv is being used a lot now in the workplace and in therapeutic sessions and uh, all, all sorts of uh, uh, training contexts. Because we're, we're doing it now, you're asking me questions, I'm answering, we don't know uh, exactly what we're going to say. Um, we're improvising now. So the skills of improvisation uh, do emulate what we do in daily life. So uh, spreading improvisation skills uh, as an equally useful skill set in all aspects of life uh, when we tend to concentrate on, on planning as, a, as far more important. Uh, I'd like to see that generally. Um, and I'd like to see theatrical improvisation because, of course, we already have jazz and spontaneous uh, uh, visual art and uh, those sorts of things are quite accepted uh, within the arts. Somehow theatrical improvisation is seen in some quarters of the arts community as uh, something, uh, I guess I guess less than that, something, something that is a light entertainment. Uh, I, I'd like to see it as accepted into the arts as uh, improvised dance performances are, uh, jazz music, and so on. And, uh, and so I feel the more we integrate with those other forms and... Uh, make each other intrinsic parts of, of our performances, uh, that would be a good thing. Do you think improv is something that's appropriate for everyone to, to have a crack at, or only if you have the, the not necessarily the right kind of mindset, because you can develop that, but yeah. do you think it's something that everyone could benefit from, or you have to, to be interested in it to begin with? I think for certain, uh, everyone benefits from it. Uh, because the uh, exercises that you do are largely being positive uh, about the uh, things you come across in life, and and so you're being positive about what the other people you're working with in these classes uh, are saying and doing, and so you develop uh, better relationships. Stop judging yourself as much because the exercises ask you to focus on the other person and what they need and when you do that it's it's very easy it's very easy to attend to another person's needs but when it's about what what should I do that's going to be good well then all the self-judgment comes in and and it becomes harder so I think it's I think it's definitely uh healthy and uh for, for everybody and and will assist them in their happiness as far as whether they want to take it into performance goes, well, I, I think you said it um, when you when you mentioned mindset. It, it's actually impossible to predict. So, very outgoing, clever, funny people can come in and 
look, they might be great at it, or they might find it harder to uh, unlearn some of their <laughs> uh, behaviours that they're using and, and bring in improvisation. Uh, and an introverted person uh, may well be more accepting of the mindset, and they might come out of themselves. And we don't know when. Uh, it's a lifelong process. You can never have learnt improvisation and say you're finished now. Um, but uh, there are people who just connect with it very quickly, and then people who don't look like they're going to get the idea, and then they keep pursuing it because it's fun and healthy. Uh, and then two or three years down the track, something happens. A teacher articulates something in a different way. One exercise is just grabs them, and it just changes everything. Uh, and I've only got sort of one more question left, and that's if people like the sound of what they what they've heard, um, how would they? How would you recommend they get involved with the festival or with improv in general? Mm-hmm. Well, with the festival in in general, there's uh, a range of opportunities. Of course, come and see the shows. So if you go to the Street Theatre website, uh, which is thestreets.org.au, uh, and you'll see our shows all over them for the next week, uh, or turn up to Smith's uh, late any night from 10 uh on uh, Thursday to Tuesday. Uh, you'll see us there, so you can get an idea of what improvisation is. Um, there are other shows running regularly on the first Friday of every month. Uh, a different improv group runs another show at Smith. Uh, so there are, there's a lot of ways to see improv in Canberra. In terms of taking a class, uh, Info ACT runs eight week, one night per week courses uh, every quarter. So we're halfway through one. Uh, the next one will start early February. So they run every quarter, and it'll be you'll have two options on which which night to do it. Uh, so uh, if people would like to do that, then they go to our website, which is easy to remember, which is impro.com.au, and uh, you can find all the information there. Perfect. Well, um, thank you very much for being uh, agreeing to be interviewed today. Thanks, Carolina. No problem. That's cool. Good timing. Excellent. Thanks, Carolina. That's great. Perfect. No problem. Well, have a great rest of your Sunday. Yeah, you too. Okay. See ya. Bye-bye. And that concludes our discussion with Nick. Join us each weekday, 8.30 to 9 a.m. on 2XXFM 98.3, Subject ACT. You can stream us live at 2XXFM.org.au slash listen, or catch up on all our podcast episodes at soundcloud.com slash Subject ACT, or stay in touch via Facebook and Twitter. Community radio needs you, so please support this station by subscribing via 2XXFM.org.au and stay tuned for more People Power Radio. I'm Carolina. Have a great day.